0: I know a place, Uh, ain't
1: nobody crying. To myself in a few places, as a senior uh, managing director of LM Capital Group, focusing on emerging market debt, joins us right now here in our 1130 studios at Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York. And uh, Luis, uh, uh, before we start this conversation, can we just talk about how do you define uh, emerging market? What, what is an emerging market? Because I, I, these terms like small-cap could have thrown around or mid-cap or emerging market, and everyone has their own uh, version.
2: Well, it's a very good question because there are countries like South Korea and Israel that are still considered part of the emerging markets, though they probably are not. An emerging country is defined mostly by the income per capita. But it's more in a title that's given to countries that are less developed in terms of of where they are in their financial and social markets. So you take the big countries in Europe, you take the U.S., Canada, all of those countries have a standard of living higher than what's defined as part of the emerging markets. So that's probably the best definition you're going to find.
0: Do we still consider China an emerging market?
2: It is because the average Income per capita is very low.
0: Those people not in cities, those people still in the But it's emerging really lake. fast.
2: So, I mean, it will be an emerging country sometime in the next 10 or 15 years, but right now it's still an emerging country.
0: Do you like Chinese debt?
2: You don't believe their numbers. You know, you look at their financial statements, and they say that any similarity with reality is pure coincidence. So <laughs> you are not really sure of what you're looking at. So you have to understand where are they generating the funds to pay you back. If it's a toll road and you see that there's a lot of traffic and it goes into a trust account, then it's fine. But if it's property and you know that they have a lot of see-through buildings that are not going to be rented, you have to be very wary. So um,
1: as we look across the, the, the universe of emerging debt, is, is there one sort of big trend that we see happening? As Carol mentioned earlier uh, before we walked in, that emerging uh, uh,
2: economic equities mm-hmm. uh, are doing quite well. That is also doing really well. Last month, for example, the ag in the U.S. was down almost half a point and the SEMI was up half a point. So when in one month you have a difference of one full point, it's huge. What's happening is that there's a search for yield in the U.S. And if you can find something that gives you a decent yield without too much increase in risk, there's a big appetite for it. You know, fixed income has become the ugly duckling of most portfolios. So if they find something that will generate them 5 or 6%, it's close to that 7 or 8% they are looking for. People will take it, right? Absolutely.
0: Um, it's interesting, too. You know, Arlisa Bromwitz had written a story. This was back in July. And she just talked about emerging market debt funds having a phenomenal first half, record inflows, solid returns. At that point, though, she was writing, uh, she's one of our Bloomberg Gadfly uh, uh, writers, uh, It's kind of a fast commentary section we do. She also anchors one of the shows here on Bloomberg Radio. At that point, she says it's running out of steam. How do you see it um, for the next 6 to 12 months, and where do you see
2: the most opportunity? I think that in debt, that, that scenario is longer than 6 to 12 months. If you, That's
0: fair. Uh, Forgive me, because Cor and I both hate that short-term perspective. Right, right. So what's a realistic uh, duration that you should be looking at when if it you're comes to emerging markets? If you're talking three debt? or
2: four years and you're looking at issuers that generate dollars, and I'm talking mostly of dollar-denominated EMD, the risk of currency is something that most fixed-income investors don't want to take. Right. They see the fixed income as the safe part of their portfolio, so that's not the quote-unquote gambling side of their portfolio. So keep it in dollars, U.S. dollars.
0: All right, so having said that.
2: And we've moved away from sovereigns and into corporates. Now, that's something that we're, I mean, we have very little in sovereign debt. We have mostly corporate debt. You take advantage that the company cannot have a higher rating than the country. And if you find something that generates the dollars to pay back. So you
1: want to find good companies in bad countries.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you want to find good companies irrelevant of the country. And if, in our case, for example, we stay away from countries where you have a dictator or, I mean, a Maduro or even a Mr. Putin that can, by one word, change the course of the so economy. So give, give me two
1: examples.
0: Just quickly. we got about yeah. 40 seconds here.
2: First one, Embraer, the Brazilian airline, uh, manufacturer of airplanes, 90 percent sold in, in dollars, and they're paying almost 6 percent on 10-year paper. Bimbo, the Mexican bread company, generates over 50% of their sales in hard currency. And they could cover their debt with what they have in the bank. Those are two good ones.
0: Good math, right? Basic math.
2: Invest in Bimbos. I don't know about that. No, no, no. That's not what I was saying. Oh, sorry. He lost Eli. Um,
0: Fascinating. Will you come back again?
2: Whenever you invite me.
0: All right. We would love it. Um, This was interesting. Luis Mezal, co-founder, senior managing director at LM Capital Group, based in San Diego, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Tuesday. By the way, they've got about $5 billion in assets under management. This is Bloomberg.